Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio with Pastor Rob Kellogg. The book of Revelation offers a particular and unique blessing to those who read and keep the message of this book. This promise gives more reasons to know John believed this book was Holy Scripture. First, the words, he who reads and those who hear, show that this book was intended to be read publicly, just as other books of accepted Scripture. Second, the promise of blessing itself shows that John regarded this book as Holy Scripture. In the Jewish world, such a blessing could never be pronounced on a merely human book. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Why don't we stand together and open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 1. Last week we had kind of a lengthy introduction, and again, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand and one of the ushers will come by and give you one. We'll see how far we get this morning. Uh, I was hoping to get through, the bulletin says chapter, or verses 1 through 8. I'm thinking 1 through 6, but the reality may be 1 through 3. We'll just see what happens here. It's kind of a hard thing because there's so much in here and there's so much for us to glean from it. And uh, it is very rich. And so let's just read the first six verses. It says, um, The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. And John begins this letter that he penned, uh, that the Lord dictated to him. He says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever 
and ever. Amen. Father, we do thank you for your word, Lord. It is, it is immutable. Lord, it's unchanging. Lord, it will survive all things, Lord. Your word says that in, when all things are passed away, your word will never pass away. And Lord, your word is true. And your word is steadfast. And your word is set, Lord. There's nothing and no one that can take it from us, God. We hold it in high esteem because it is your word. And God, we pray that our hearts be prepared, Lord, to hear from it, Lord. That we would hear it with reverence. Lord, that we would hear it with the intent of being open and, and to, be, to, to do something about what we read here today, what we learn. So Lord, have your way with us. Pour out your spirit. How we need you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's be seated. Last week we had a lengthy introduction, and I won't really uh, recap any of those things. But why is the book of Revelation important to us today? Now, maybe the question uh, has a simple answer for you. Maybe not. But one of the things that it does is it reveals who Jesus is. And many people have uh, an idea of who Jesus is, but not a biblical understanding of who Jesus is. So the book of Revelation shows us who he is, and especially in his glorified state, and the plan not only for the future of the wicked, but the future of the righteous. Which if you are in Christ, you are among the righteous. Amen? Isn't that a happy thing to consider? that of all the things that we see around us, that you're among the redeemed. Guess what? Your ticket has been stamped for glory, and the devil can't take it away from you. Even your performance can't take it away from you. If you are a child of God, you are a child of God. If you're born again of God's Spirit, it's, it's something that he does. It's a work that he does, and what he does is perfect. Now, we are not perfect, but he is perfect. And the work that he does... He is faithful to complete that work which he has done and is doing in you. But it's a process, isn't it? It is a process. So it reveals who Jesus is and his plan for the future. And reading about what is going to happen in the book of Revelation ought to stir us and to compel us to share the gospel with family, friends, and strangers. Does it do that? Because it really ought to, because this is a very serious book. Because it not only, uh, in, in the, in here in this first chapter, which we'll get to next week, we're going to look at who Jesus, what he really looks like. There's, there's very few, if any, descriptions like what we have here in verse 9, beginning in verse 9 of chapter 1, of what Jesus looks like when he comes back in his full glory. And I would encourage you to consider who it is that you serve. Do you serve a Jesus of your own making, or do you serve a Jesus whom the Bible says? His character. Who is he to you? So reading about these things that are about to come on the earth ought to compel us, like Paul, to compel us to share the truth and love to those around us. And it also makes us accountable to the holiness of God, doesn't it? Because not only is he a God of grace, which we know, but he is also a God of vengeance, a God of vengeance against those who have spurned his only offer of salvation in Christ. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Jesus said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me, he said. That means it's open to every single human being that ever will live, but there's only one way, that narrow path, 
Few there be that find their way on it, but oh, how broad is the gate, and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And folks, that's the majority of the people in this world. And so as we read this, it ought to bring accountability to us of God's holiness, of his his love, but also of his severity and judgment. Churches don't like to talk about the severity of God anymore. They want to tell you about how God accepts you just the way you are, And he does, to an extent, but you better come being willing to change. If you come in here with issues of anger, you better leave a little bit closer to having that stuff taken from you. If you come in with uh, fornication or homosexuality as part of your life, you better leave here today with that thing gone from your life, or at least got you thinking about it and, and, and causing you to turn. Every single time you hear the message of Christ, you're always turning and turning until the point where you're His completely. That's the goal, is to be His, to worship Him. So reading this, it does make us accountable, because like I said before, the wrath of God is not popular but it is true. See, if God is holy, God also hates that which is not. Right? He loves us, and thank God we're in the beloved. I'm so blessed to be a Christian, are you? My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and so is yours if you're a believer in Christ. You've got nothing to fear, but yet reading this book brings intrepidation to my heart for others. Does it you? Does it challenge you to look around, to look at family, look at friends, look at co-workers? See, when Jesus walked the earth, he was the Lamb of God, meek and mild, seeking to save the lost. But when he comes back in his second coming, physically to the earth, he is coming back as the Lion of the tribe of Judah to exact vengeance upon a world that has rejected him. And he will destroy his enemies He will destroy his enemies. For the believer, this book offers great comfort for us, but for the unbeliever, it ought to strike fear and reverence for who God is. That is a message that very few will share today, but it's necessary. Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Are you born again? If you're not, today is the day. Don't leave here without it. Don't leave here without having the assurance that you know that you're a child of God. I'll be certainly happy to pray with you. we got elders and deacons here who would be loved to pray with you. Pray for each other, but take it seriously. You know, the, the fear of God was what got me into the kingdom of God. I remember when I was 24 years old and someone told me that I was bound for hell. <laughs> and I really didn't like that. Because I thought I was okay. Because I compared myself to my fellow man. Well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. But God doesn't grade on a curve. He grades according to, according to his righteousness. That is the standard. That's his standard. It's not my standard. He set the standard. I must rise to that occasion. And the only way I can is by being in Christ. Because if I am in Christ, then God no longer sees me in my dilapidated self. He sees me with the robe of righteousness. He sees me with the blood of his son covering me. That makes me accepted to him. It's the only way. But fear is not a bad thing, folks. If you've come here this morning hoping for a really feel-good message, you're probably going to get some of it. But I've got to tell you that fear is not a bad thing. 
Fear is what drove me into the arms of Christ because I did not want to face him based on what was read to me that day. I don't want to face him in that way. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. Yes, you did all the right things. Yes, you went to church faithfully every week. You even went to church twice a week. Wow! And the money you gave. Wow! They even built a new wing onto the church with the name of your plaque on it. It's, it's beautiful. But I don't know you. I don't know you. See, that is the thing we need to consider. You know, there are many years that I've heard the book of Revelation shared with me and things that I've read, and there's a belief that once the Great Tribulation occurs, which is the the majority of this book speaks of that time period, coming upon the earth, not yet, but it's coming It's going to be the worst time in history. In fact, Jesus said it will be so terrible and so devastating that if he didn't return, no no person would be saved from it. That's how devastating it's going to be. But the Bible says that there is hope even for those going through the, the, the Great Tribulation period. The church will be taken up before then. And we'll, we'll read about that. The church will be removed before that Great Tribulation period takes place. But during that great tribulation, the the deception is going to be so great, folks. We've never seen it. We've never experienced it like it's going to happen. People will, they, they will be able to have the opportunity to get saved, but it's going to be so, so incredibly difficult. Let me read to you in 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 7, it says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And when the lawless one, speaking of the Antichrist, when he is revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming, it says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all signs and uh, power and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because what they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved and for this reason notice God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness see the delusion on the earth that we're going to be reading about in the next several weeks is going to be so great but there is still hope, even within that time frame. We see that even angels are dispatched during the Great Tribulation, toward the end. In, f- in fact, it says in Revelation 14, verse 6, says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven. And again, this is in that great period of the Great Tribulation, where the deception is going to be so great, where the devastation is going to be so horrible. But notice the love and the tenacity of God. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. You see, God does not offer hope where there is no hope. But don't say within yourselves, Well, I can just wait. That's a deception that a lot of people think. Well, I'm going to live and do what I want now. I'm going to spend my money. I'm going to live in adultery. I'm going to have my fun now. And then later on down the road when I'm old and decrepit and 
you know, I'm in a nursing home, then I'll consider it. But see, you don't have the luxury of knowing that you're going to even have that time. You could walk out of here and be, and, and be smashed by a car. Many years, or uh, was it five or six years ago, those, young, those four young teen ladies from Fairport were driving out by the Finger Lakes. They had no idea. Though. Their life was ahead of them. Boom, gone. Their lives were taken from them. They, they thought they had years ahead of them. They were looking forward to marriages and graduations and kids and things that we all think about, but they didn't get that opportunity. So we don't know. So we should never play games with this kind of thing. This is eternity. This is not something that's just going to pass and and everything's going to be better and then everybody will be in heaven. No, everyone will not be in heaven. You have to make the decision today and don't play games with God any longer. You have no idea what tomorrow holds. You don't even know what today holds. My very next breath is a gift from God that I do not even know. He could take my breath. I could have a brain aneurysm standing before you and fall over and I'm done. But God says, take this very seriously. That's why we read this book. It reveals who he is, our accountability to him. It shows us his great plan for the future, for the unjust and for the just. Hallelujah. (laughs) Right? Because you and I, when we look at the end of the book, boy, we got some great things coming, folks. Actually, the greatest thing coming is him when we see him in the clouds. The church raptured from the earth. We'll talk about that next week. The difference between the rapture and the second coming. They're two separate events. We will look at that. But let's look now at the very first verse here, now that we've had the time together here. Let's read it. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. Notice that it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Look at your Bible and look at the title of your Bible. Um, I've got a, a, a Cambridge Bible. Not this one, but I've got one where it says, and I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It says, the revelation of St. John the Divine. Does any of your Bibles say that? It does? Cross it out. (laughs) It's not the revelation of St. John the Divine. Number one, John would be the first one to tell you that he's not divine, because divine is God. There's only one who's divine. So it's not the revelation of St. John, certainly, It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. The title gives it away. That's exactly what it is. It's a revelation of him, not John, and certainly not St. John the Divine, because John would be the first to say, I am not divine. Look to him, right? So if you've got the revelation of St. John the Divine, just cross it out and put the revelation of Jesus Christ. And maybe it was just because John penned the book that the publishers decided to put in there. I don't know, but we know the truth, right? This book is called the Apocalypse. And when we think of the modern definition of apocalypse, we think of the final destruction of the world. That's literally what we think of when we think of apocalypse. But do you know that the apocalypse, the the revelation of Jesus Christ, the word revelation is apocalypsis, which is quite different from what we think. Now, this book of Revelation does contain the apocalypse. It contains those things pertaining to the end. Certainly it does. But the word, we have to to look at this, because the apocalypse is an unveiling, an uncovering. 
Something that wasn't made manifest is now made manifest. The idea is like having a beautiful picture here that someone really famous painted, and it stretches the whole end of this this stage, and it's covered with black velvet, and everyone is waiting. It's been talked about for months. He's finally got it done, and then he takes that curtain, the side of it, and everyone's looking. It's the best painting you've ever seen. Then finally he takes it down, The wraps come off of it. It's revealed in its glory. That's what this word means. And that's what this is about. It's about the revelation of Jesus Christ that God the Father gave to him. And we're going to look at that in a minute. It's quite a bit different from Apocrypha. If you have a Catholic Bible, you know that there are several books in between the Old Testament and the New called the Apocrypha. Those are called hidden books because the authors are spurious. And the content is not always factual. That's why it's not in our Bibles. But it means hidden. It's quite a bit different from this word, apocalypsis, which is to reveal. Do you understand? One is to reveal, and the other one is to hide. Is God trying to hide anything from any one of us today? Does God want to hide anything from you, or is he illuminating Does he want to illuminate? Does he want to show you things? And why would he do that to begin with? Do you find that you fear what you don't know? Isn't that true? We fear what we do not understand. We fear what we don't know is coming, but yet he has shown us what is coming. Maybe not to the minutest details of our own personal lives, but he's given us the bigger picture. And again, I've said this before, and forgive me if I sound like a broken record, but he's given us these things to encourage us Because when you look around, there is no stability in the world. Everything is going crazy. And this is so important for us because God is saying, don't you worry. Don't you fret. Don't settle down. Relax. I've got this covered. Everything is right on time. It's right on track. There's nothing that's happening without me knowing what is going on. In fact, I told you in advance, way before it even happens, So then when it does happen, you're going to be like, wow, that's who we serve. Is your God omniscient or is your God like you where I can't really see what's happening tomorrow? No, he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the ending. He's the first letter of the alphabet and the last letter. If there were any other letters to the left or to the right, he would be all those too. He was always there. He never ceases to exist. He never ceases, never ceased to exist. He's outside of it all, and he looks at it as a physical property and says, because I'm God, I can tell you what's coming. I love in David, in in Psalm 139, what does it say? Lord, you even know my thoughts afar off. Before I speak a word, Lord, you know it. I love that. It's scary, because then I know what he knows what I'm going to say a couple days from now. But yet he loves me today. Does he love you today? He does. And yet he knows what's coming. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He knows how you're going to fail him this very day and even this week. And yet, does he love you now? See, if it were me and I knew you were going to fail me three days from now, I'd be looking at you funny now. I knew that about you. You're just a rotten, no good something. But God says, you know what, I've seen it all. I know exactly what you're thinking. I know what motivates you. And yet, out of even still with all that, I love you with all my heart. I I would still go to the cross for you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that the message? Isn't that a wonderful message? 
Have you let it sink down into your soul, into your very being, that while you were yet sinner, while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you? That's a love that is unlike any love that you've ever experienced. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcasts. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.